0: We do have some baptisms coming, so we'll be doing that. I don't know about you, but I felt God's presence here today, amen? I feel like we heard from Jesus today. The Spirit of God has been here, speaking to our hearts. And if anything in your life that God is speaking to you about as I prayed earlier, I hope you'll come today. And make it right. Verse 27 is the last part of this three points that James makes about religion. The word religion is in the Bible. But yet we've taken that word religion and we've totally different than what it really is. James says that pure religion. And undefiled before God and the Father is this. And we looked at this point the last time we met. And that point was that we care for the needy. And then we had, before that, in verse 26, we said also, pure religion is the very fact that we control what we say. Because sometimes we say things, and we say things that are ugly, we say things that are hurtful, and we have to be careful. So we need to control our tongue. We need to care for the needy. And now James says that in the last part of verse 27, he says the third point is to keep himself unspotted from the world. There's really three points to that we could dive into, and we will in the future. We're going to talk about, first of all, the idea of a faulty morality that we have today. And then we're also going to talk about a fallen world system, even as far as our things of religion, got of really false ideas of what serving God really means and what the Bible really says. And then also we're going to talk in chapter 2, verse 1 through 9, about the favoritism that is mentioned here in the church of Jesus Christ. David Platt said these words. He said the implication here is that we are supposed to be holy and defines this holiness as going against the grain of the world. We are not to be living according to the world's standards. Johnny Hunt said that true religion is not soiled and dirtied by the contacts with the world. Now, there's absolutely... In this verse, so much that we could look at, but let's look at, first of all, some words. As we talk about the problem that we're having, not in this world, but also in the church according to morality. These words we want to look at found in this verse is, number one, the word keep. The word keep means some different things. So let's understand what that means. What does it mean to keep myself unspotted from the world? First of all, it means this. It means to guard, to guard. Now, when you think of a guard, you would think of someone who would be guarding and protecting his post. He's not going to let anybody pass him. If he does, he's going to warn those that he serves and says, here they come. So he's guarding, he's watching, he's alerting. And the Bible says that we are to guard our lives. We are to keep our lives. It simply means, hey, folks, be alert. Hey, folks, be watching. Hey, folks, we need to be alert to the very fact, and we need to be warning people that there is a sin that will destroy them, that there is a devil who will destroy them, and there is a hell that for all eternity where they'll spend without Christ. So we are to be keeping, we are to be guarding our lives so that our lives can be a testimony others. So when people see you and people talk to you and people say, hey, I want to ask you know Jesus, but they can see it in your life. They hear it in the way you speak because they see right now you have a life that is a moral life, you have a life that is a holy life, and they say, hey, there is somebody who walks with God. Now, also, that word keep means also to avoid the temptation. There is a verse I learned many years ago as a young person. Believe it or not, I was. But in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 15 says this. It says that we are to avoid it. It's talking about sin. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. So that word keeps means. I run. I run. I don't get around it. I don't think about it. I don't try to say, okay, I'm going to get as close to that temptation as I possibly can. No, no. I run. And, of course, the perfect example of that is Joseph. If you remember, he was tempted by Potiphar's wife. Potiphar being the master. Joseph being the slave. Joseph was overhead of Potiphar's house as that slave. But Potiphar's wife wanted Joseph. And she tempted Joseph day after day after day, week after week. I don't even know how long it went on. The Bible doesn't say that. But I do know this, that when she finally grabbed a hold of Joseph and sleep with me, what did he do? Well, I guess I might as well do this. I mean, you've been after me uh, for a year at least. Come on. No, what happened was this. He ran and he left his garment in her hands because that's exactly what we've got to do when it comes to sin in our life. Well, that word keep also means this. It's a continuous action. What do you mean continuous action? It means it's something that always... Every day of my life, I've got to guard my life. Every day of my life, Every day of my life, I've got to guard what these eyes see. I've got to guard what these ears hear. I've got to guard what these hands are going to do. Because if I don't guard every day, if I let my guard down, what's going to happen? The enemy is going to come. Oh, my friends, we have an enemy. And that enemy is Satan himself. That in me is our sin nature. We all have got one. And when you and I, I say, well, you know what? Uh, I think I could watch this. I think I could probably listen to this. I think I could probably be involved in this and it not bother me. Can I just tell you something? It Once you let your guard down, I'll tell you what, the floodgates of hell come flooding into your life, and it will destroy you. So be careful. The Bible says, keep yourself. Now, also, there's another word here is the word unspotted. Now, unspotted means this. It means to spill something or to soil something. Sort of like the idea, have you ever spilt something on you when you were drinking or where you were eating? Anybody ever done that? Yes. And I know Eva's kind of this morning. She said, I spilled it. I had to have a wardrobe change. I said, I don't want to know what it's about. Don't tell me. But the point is that when you and I become unspotted, what happens is, is that what we've done, soiled, we spoiled something in our life, and that's called sin, and we've spotted us. Years ago, we moved into our to have, we sold, and uh, it was 20-some years ago, and uh, we were just tickled to death, first home we ever owned, I mean, I was just tickled to death, wow, we got our own home, this is going to be, and I went on out to probably grocery shop, I don't really remember what it was, but I was there at home alone, and I decided I would paint the wonderful, back then we had the TVs that weighed 300 pounds and went into a cabinet, Paint it, so you know I'm a pretty good painter. I can do this. I'm not going. So I began to paint. Oh, it was looking good. It was really looking nice. Things were. When she comes home, she's going to see this cabinet painted, and she's going to say, "What? Wow. I did it." Lo and behold, if I didn't move on a day, and I kicked that can over, and there it went all that pretty blue color right into that carpet. It just, like, it soaked it up. <laughs> I said, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I got as many old rags and towels as I could. I wiped, I wiped, I wiped. I went in and got my suck, uh, uh, vacuum in its shed, you know, tried to get it, you know, get it up. Everything I could. It looked pretty, but there was still a great, Big, big spot in the middle of that carpet. It was a light beige color carpet, by the way. I said, Oh, no. new house and look at the mess that I made. What am I going to do? And I thought of a wonderful idea. I got a nice throw rug and put it on top. She came home. She said, Right here. I, really, I think, tear the carpet out, and we're going to put wood floors here. She said, That would really look nice. I said, It would too. It would really be And I tried to cover it up, and finally I had to tell her, Well, what happened? Do you not understand? Do we not get it? That when you and I live an unholy life, when you and I are against what God says in his word about how we need to live a life, a godly life, a holy life, a life that pleases him, a life that's a testimony for him, that when we do go out in this world and we spot ourselves up and we make a spot, and what do we do? we got to cover it up. Well, nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know about what I, I just what just happened. Nobody's going to know. God knows. God knows. Your sin from God. So don't sit there and think, I got... Okay. And then with a devil whisper in your ear, and he'll say, you know what? You could probably do it again, too. And you're going to mess up your life even further. The spot will be there. Oh, can I just share with you... Hey, if it's in your life, what you need to do is come before God and confess that and make it right with Him so that that spot can be clean. And say, "Lord, I' not going to mess up or spoil my life again." A spotless life is free from vice keeping your life spotless, keeping your life clean. It's such a key point that he makes here in these first that he, he's... ...is a religion that's going to be guarding their life and a religion also that is going to be keeping their life clean before the Lord because, listen, that is what a holy life and that is what God wants you to do. Now... Let's talk about this faulty morality we have for just a minute. And then I'll give you something positive that you can do. You see, today we have a faulty morality. We have this idea that God somehow looks at what we're doing and saying, all right, if we do this, It's okay with you because you know what? Uh, You love me. And yes, God loves you. But because he loves you, my friends, I just want you to know he will discipline you for your sin. Say, preachers, that's not a very loving message. I know. But it's truth. You see, Adrian Rogers says, if you are living in immorality... You either headed for the woodshed, or you're headed for hell. Wow, what a statement! The sin of immorality, he says, is not one we are instructed to fight; it is one we have been told to flee, to run from that compromising situation. Saturate that place with your absence. How true that is. First Timothy chapter five, verse twenty-two. Tells us that we're not to be a partner with sin. It's here on the PowerPoint. Trying to get the guests to understand, and I'm speaking just not to you, to all of us, because folks, we need to understand God wants us to have a holy life, and it says this. It's the last. Talking to a young man, talking to a young preacher boy, he says, "Timothy," and he realizes this: Paul is the aged one. Paul is the ex- with God. Paul, the great apostle Paul, and he knows. He knows how Satan works. He knows how the flesh works. He knows what happens in the world in which he was living, and he says, "Timothy." Don't you be a partaker of other... I want to ask you this morning, are you a partaker of the sin of this world? Have you fallen to the lies of the devil? Have you fallen to his lies? It feels good. Go ahead. Everybody's doing it. Have you fallen for the lies that Satan has put out there for you as a man and maybe getting on computer and watching something that's filthy and awful? Have we fallen to the lies that we go and watch our, our show? That you're so old-fashioned. I'm not that old-fashioned. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I just want you to know. I want you to understand that God says you're not to be a partaker of this other men's sins. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to live this way. I don't want to be that person who goes down, who's an al- I don't want to be that. You see, I, my real dad was an alcoholic. I, I've, I've seen it, folks. I've experienced what it was like. The morning already drunk. I, I've that was like seen how to live. I don't want to be that. I partake, and i have just in my life. I, I am not going to be like that. I am not going to live like that. I'm not going to partake of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. Purity. I want you to keep yourself pure. How can I do it, preacher? I just shared with you, the verse says to keep yourself. Guard. The verse says to keep yourself unspotted. So we need to learn that we cannot be a partaker of sin, that we got to guard ourselves. we got to be pure. we got to be clean. And there's a process for the cleansing, and this is the positive part that I want to do. If you're here today, listen, there's something you're not what you should be for God. In your life, there's some dirtiness. I mean, come on. In your life, you know there's something that's not right. It's not holy. This is what you can do. We are cleansed by the power and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Amen to that, folks. The blood of Jesus Christ that can cleanse you from your sin. Amen. It's all there is to it. Come to Him. His blood cleanses you. See John one as First John one nine says, it's "Our sins, He is faithful." All are in righteousness. And maybe that's what you need to do today. Jesus. I'm not pure. Jesus, the I'm going to claim the blood today. The blood of Jesus, just come on me. Cleanse me. Number two, you're cleansed by the confessing of our sin. As I just shared with you, First John 1, 9. You see, you've got to sin. It is. It's not, well, I made a mistake. No, it's a sin. It's a sin. If you've sinned against you, you need to confess what it is, and you need to confess to the Lord. Lord, David said in Psalm 51, he said, I acknowledge my sin before thee. He says, I realize I am a sinner. I realize I did. And he's talking about his sin with Bathsheba when he committed that adultery. He says, I sinned against you, God here's what it is, and I admit it. Will you do that today? Number three, the word of God has a cleansing effect. John 15, 3 says, now you clean through the word which I have spoken to you. It says in Psalm 119 verse 9, wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed there unto according to thy word? You see, it's the word of God. If you get Oh, I want to tell you, folks, listen to me. If you are, are struggling with sin in your life, if you it just eats me up, it eats me up day and night. Here it is. I want to tell you something. If we the word of God's gonna transform your life, it'll change, your life. it'll help you hit the victory over whatever that is that's plaguing you, destroying you, that Satan is used as a dagger in your back, as a dagger in your heart and your mind the word of God can cleanse you. Get in it. Get in it. Number four. The fear of the Lord has a cleansing effort on us. Oh boy. I, I have a fear of God. We don't fear God. And because we don't so therefore I can do what I want. Yes, God loves you, but that doesn't give you a license to do what you want. You see, we have sinned and when we sin against God, we confess that. But also we must realize there must be a, a holy fear, a godly fear in our lives, because, folks, it keeps you right. When I was growing up, and I know you were the same, I hope, I had a good mom and daddy. Respected my mom and daddy. And I had just enough respect that I had a, a little, what we call godly fear. And you see, when I did wrong, I knew what was coming. And sometimes it kept me going out with the guy on a Saturday night. Because I knew what they were going to do. I had just enough respect and fear about what was going to happen when I got home. My mom and daddy l- l- I had just enough godly fear to say, I know what God can do. I'm not going to do this. I fear God more than I fear the I fear than I, I fear the, the pleasures and the kidding and the teasing from those that fear God a whole lot more than that and that's going to keep me right with him and lastly i'm expecting his return and one day i'm going to stand before him and i want to stand before him with a heart that's been confessed i want to stand before him with a life pure I want to stand before my Savior one day and stand before him. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want to stand for there and him be ashamed of me. Keep my life right. I would not keep my life pure. I want to stand before him knowing that I did everything I could to keep my life unspotted from the world. This morning, I just want to ask you, no matter who you are, no matter what age you are, are you keeping your life unspotted from this world? Are you pure? Are you holy? Let's stand with our heads bowed, our eyes closed. And if God has spoken to your heart this morning, would you come? As God has convicted you, would you come? Would you confess it? Nobody's your judge. Nobody's here to point a finger. But maybe this morning you need to get some things right with God. Your life is not pure. Your life is not clean. God is speaking to you. Will you come today? If you're here and do not know Jesus Christ, would you come today? Come today. Father, with our heads bowed and eyes closed, as I pray, speak to hearts. This is in your hands. And may your will be done. Speak to hearts. Lord, if they're living a life of sin, it's time to stop. It's time to say no. It's time to make it right. If someone needs Christ, it's time today to come. I pray. Their our heads bowed and eyes closed, they play. God has spoke to you. Will you come? Will you come? this was the day you were to stand before Christ. This was the day would you stand before him pure. Would you stand before him Is there sin in your life you need to take care of right now? God is speaking to you. If you're here and you're not saved, will you come? Jesus' blood will cleanse you from all your sin. Those that need to be baptized, they go ahead and come. Prepare for that. God is speaking. You come today. She's going to play one more verse and that's all we're going to have. seated with your heads bowed and eyes closed. I do have a a couple of announcements. I really want you to take need take a need to the, the bulletin, please. There's some things in there, and we are trying to help a couple of families out, and it's in the bulletin. Uh, also, in the bulletin, don't forget next Sunday, Brother Terry Agner will be having, uh, speaking, and sharing in song uh, the word. And uh, we love Terry, and we know that what he sings is godly and holy, and we're looking forward to that. But I also have this card. Says uh, from the Kendricks, and it says, God has a reason for allowing things to happen. We may never understand uh, his wisdom, but we simply have to trust his will. Uh, we don't understand, and sometimes the grief is overwhelming. It's like this that you realize how much you really need and depend on your church family. Thank you all for your support, prayers, food, and cards. Thanking you for being our brothers and sisters in Christ. A special thank you to our pastor and Ms. Barbara, uh, loving Christ, David and Gail. Thank you all. Your support. God bless. And thank you for that wonderful card. We appreciate that. All right. Let's see if they're... Well, they're not ready. Oh, there we are. Pray for them. The water's cold, folks. I'm sorry. So if they get up speaking in tongues, I, nothing I can do.